Well, hello and welcome back to The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, host of The Genius Podcast. And each week I want to invite you to join me for a conversation where I chat and share life with some amazing Catholic women, women of faith, women who are facing their fears, discovering their gifts and stepping out to use those gifts to serve and make a real difference. If you are looking to discover what it is that you are called to do with your life, if you have a dream but you lack the confidence and skills to take that next step, or if you just need some great advice on living your vocation as a Catholic woman, then this podcast is for you. The Genius Podcast is part of a much bigger initiative for Catholic women called The Genius Project. The Genius Project is dedicated to helping Catholic women discover their unique genius, what it is that they're called to do with their life and their gifts. Whatever your story is, The Genius Project has something for you. We seek to build community and networking opportunities for Catholic women to grow not only in their faith, but in the gifts, the talents and desires that God has placed within them. We seek to create this network through online masterclass courses, which explore areas such as overcoming negative mindsets, discovering your unique gifts, learning how to get balance in your life so that you can live a life of abundance. We look at discerning your vocation and how to understand what those unique dreams are that God has placed within your heart. You can check out the range of online masterclasses and resources available for Catholic women at www.geniusproject.co. At the end of March, we are going to be jumping into our very first masterclass. In this masterclass, we're going to teach you skills and tools and principles to help you live your vocation as a Catholic woman. But I want to tell you that places are limited and they are fast filling up. So if you're interested in this masterclass, jump on to www.geniusproject.co masterclass and sign up today. The Genius Podcast is a place where you can access sage wisdom and advice from Catholic women, as well as a place of safety and encouragement as you explore the dreams that God has placed within your heart. I hope and pray that you will come away inspired and as St. Catherine of Siena said, set the world ablaze with your genius. I'd like to begin this podcast episode by reading to you a story from the Gospel of Mark. So wherever you find yourself right now, if you're sitting at home or you're out in the park, I want you to try and enter into a really quiet space in your heart because I want to read these words to you and I pray that as I read these words, Jesus himself will speak to you. In today's episode, I want to unpack something that has been on my heart in prayer and that is around this idea of a great encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. So wherever you are right so wherever, so wherever you are right now listening to this, I want you to try and enter into the quietness and the stillness of your own heart. So if you've got a cup of tea and you're not driving in a car, maybe close your eyes while I read this to you. If you're driving the car, don't close your eyes, but maybe just enter into that quieter space in your heart where you can really hear the words of Jesus spoken to you. So I'm going to read to you from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, and it's the story of the woman with the hemorrhage. A large crowd followed and pressed in around Jesus, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. 
She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, because she thought, if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that the power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, said the disciples, and yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. Trembling with fear, she told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. I just love this passage of scripture and it's really been on my heart of late and I wanted to share it with you today because I think this is our starting place. It is our starting place if we are going to step into and live our feminine genius, if we are going to step into the world and set the world ablaze with our genius, then we have to return to this place. And what does Jesus do in this story? And this is the point that I want to really highlight for you today because this is indeed where we begin. Jesus doesn't say to her, woman, get up, you'll be healed. No, he doesn't. He actually calls her by name. He says, daughter. And in saying daughter, he is naming her. He is bestowing identity and value and purpose on her in that moment. And they are the same words that he speaks to you today. He calls you, he calls me, he calls every single one of us by name. He calls you his beloved daughter. And so whatever area of life you have right now that's hemorrhaging pain and difficulty and overwhelm, Jesus wants to meet you there. And he wants to speak into that place and he wants to say to you, daughter, daughter, have faith. Follow me, encounter me, I will transform you, I will give you a life of freedom and after he's done that, he will send you. And as we begin this week, I really feel in my spirit that Jesus wants to speak this message to you today. So if you're listening to this podcast, I don't think it's an accident, I think God wants to say something to you. So what I want to do is I want to unpack what's going on in this very short passage of scripture because I think it is incredibly significant for us as women and particularly as as women living our mission okay so there are three key words that I want to highlight for you and I'll highlight these in a moment I wonder if you've ever really reflected on the role that women have in the life of Jesus and throughout the gospels it is in these words where Jesus speaks identity and belonging over this woman that we begin And it is an encounter with Christ. And this is just one of many stories throughout the gospel where women encountered Christ. I remember one day sitting with my spiritual director who said to me regarding this particular story, I want you to read it again. 
but I want you to ponder it and read it as though you were the woman. Put yourself in her position and feel what she felt. Identify with her encounter with Christ. And I don't know about you, but I was really familiar with the story of the woman with the hemorrhage. In fact, I was familiar with most gospel stories. I pretty much could repeat them to anybody that asked. But until that day, I don't think I'd actually reflected and connected with how that story relates to me on a personal level. I wonder if you're similar. I think all of us are familiar with the stories that appear throughout the Gospels of women who do encounter Christ. We've got the Samaritan woman at the well, Mary Magdalene, who had the demons driven out of her, the woman caught in adultery, the women who were the first to witness the resurrected Christ, the story of Mary and Martha and the woman who touched Jesus' garments. And throughout the Gospels, Jesus is constantly encountering women. And it is to these women that he chooses to reveal and entrust spiritual truths. Truths that are not revealed to men in the same way. John Paul II said that Jesus chooses to reveal these particular spiritual truths to women because of the receptivity of who they are as women. He says that they have a special sensitivity, a resonance of heart and mind that makes them or predisposes them to be more open to receiving these truths. So it's not only that they would hear and receive these truths, but it is also that they would do something with it. And this is what I want to highlight for you today. Throughout All of the encounters that Jesus has with women throughout every gospel story, we notice a pattern. That pattern has three words. And if you've heard me speak live on stage, you will know that I like to give you words that you can use as anchors to drive into the ground around you to remember a particular message because sometimes we need associations. So I want you to have a think about what those three words might be. Okay, and they're very simple and they relate and they have incredible significance for us in our everyday life and vocation. So they're really important. So number one, we see that women have an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. Number two, we see that once they have had an encounter, they are transformed. And then once they are transformed, they are sent. So the three words are encounter, transformed, and sent. And it's these three sort of themes that we're going to unpack in today's podcast. So I'd like to invite you to reflect on your encounter with Christ. And obviously we are meant to encounter him every single day. We are meant to carve out time and space to meet him in prayer and in the silence of our hearts. But I want you to go back and think about your first encounter, whether that was an overwhelming sense of the love of God, the mercy of God, whatever it was, what was your initial encounter with the person of Jesus Christ? Recently, I met a woman who was a convert to the Catholic faith, and it was so beautiful spending time with her because Everything had this fresh color on it. She read the catechism. She read the Bible. She was discovering all these truths about the faith for the very first time. And she was alive and passionate and really excited about them. And I think sometimes when we walk the Catholic faith for a long time, and for many of us, we were cradle Catholics. So we just have grown up in this. 
And perhaps it's been a gradual development, our relationship with Jesus Christ, rather than an an initial wham-bam encounter. What I noticed in this conversation with this lady this day was that I felt like I'd lost some of that spark and that excitement that comes from the relationship that I have with Jesus. And I thought about how it's kind of similar in marriage, that our private prayer life can become dull. Our encounter with Christ can go by the wayside if we're not making that a priority in our lives. And I thought that it was similar to marriage, actually. I heard some great marriage advice once that said, you have to return regularly to those encounters and those things that initially drew you together to keep the spark of love alive. And I think it's so true, even in our relationship with Christ, that we have to return to that original encounter. And we have to reflect on the times throughout our life and our story where God has showed up for us, where we have encountered his faithfulness, his mercy, his love, his provision. Because if we don't do this, if we're not renewing our relationship with Christ, if we're not meeting him in that place of our heart every single day, then our faith journey does become dull. So even though we need this big encounter with him, we also need to encounter him every single day in the day in and the day out. So how do we actually do this? How can we keep the spark of faith alive in our hearts? How can we keep our relationship with Christ moving forward? Well, I think the answer lies in carving out that desert space in your own heart where you can withdraw and encounter him every single day. The reality is, as women, our lives are pretty hectic, right? I don't know about you, but I have three kids on the cusp of adolescence and we run our own business and life is full, life is busy. And then you throw in any other number of dramas that happen, whether it's illness or supporting other people, And life can start to feel really stretched. We also live in a world that's really noisy, like everything is vying for our attention and our energy and our time. Think of our phones and Instagram, like it's always there. The news websites, all the stuff that we have to do as women in our works and in our vocation, in our ministry, in the schools of the kids that we're parenting, there is an endless to-do list. And we can get so busy in the busyness of our own lives that we forget why we're here. We forget the mission and the fundamental and the primary mission of our lives is that our lives are a journey of love and that we are called to live our lives in a state of seeking to be a gift and seeking to serve those around us. I don't know about you, but some days I certainly am not living from that place And so I think one of the keys to live from that place and to experience the spark of the encounter with Christ again, to liven our faith up, is to really carve out this interior desert space in our hearts. I'm reading this beautiful book during Lent by Claire Dwyer, and she has this beautiful quote where she's talking about the shiny things in life. And she says, the noise of the world might be invitations and opportunities for us to actually practice self-mastery and recollection, to keep our centre in Christ, even as the surrounding noise beckons us away from him and closer to the edge of self-indulgence. 
Practicing recollection, she said, is one of the keys to holiness in a world that would love to claim us for itself and that leaves shiny things everywhere to lead us away from the path to God. I just love that, that there are shiny things all around us, whether it's work or people or alcohol or Instagram or work or shopping or obsession with fitness, whatever it is. There is an endless amount of shiny things spinning around us every single day. And as Catholic women, if we truly want to live our genius, if we truly want to live our vocation as Catholic women, then we need to get really good at carving out this space, practicing recollection, practicing self-mastery so that we can encounter Christ. Not just encounter him, but be transformed by him so that we can be sent. Because we can be running around doing all the things in this state of hustle, which ultimately leads to exhaustion, burnout, overload, overwhelm, resentment, anger, and sin. And as Catholic women, we don't want to be living from this place. We want to live the abundant life that Christ says that we can have. He says that we can have life to the full and have it in abundance. And so let's begin that journey together as women. So I really want to encourage you that whatever season or state you find yourself in right now, I want you today to set a actionable step to carve out some solitude in your life so that you can encounter Christ. I mean, hello, we're coming to the end of Lent. We're in Lent. And the whole of Lent is meant to be about precisely this. So I want to encourage you to try and look at how you can carve out an interior desert space in your heart so that you can withdraw into that space in amongst the noise and the hustle and bustle of the school runs or whatever you're doing and encounter the saving power of Jesus Christ. Because it is this place of solitude where it is just you and the Lord. That is the place and the furnace of transformation. And the whole point of the Christian life is that we would be conformed into the image and the likeness of God, that we would be his hands and feet here on earth. But we can't do that when we're hustling all the time and we're not filled with the spirit of Christ and the spirit of the gospel. You know, we all have to have this interior desert with which we can withdraw into so that we can experience Christ. Because I promise you, without it, we will lose our soul. And then we get off track and we become harried and stressed out and we impact those that we're called to do life with. As many of you would know, my very good friends are the Dominican sisters of St. Cecilia in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, last year, actually 2019, we had the enormous privilege of going to Nashville and spending over a week with the sisters. My husband, Jonathan, spoke for all the Catholic teachers in Nashville and my very good friend, Sister Mary Rachel, now lives back there. And so we got to have the most beautiful time with them. So on many occasions during the time we were there, we were able to go to the mother house and be with the sisters and join them in evening prayer and the rosary. And this was really beautiful for Jonathan, myself and our three kids to experience, I guess, the rhythms of life in religious life. And Jonathan and I looked at each other, we were like, oh, a little bit jealous of all this carved out prayer time. How beautiful. But I think what I was convicted of is 
you know, Jonathan and I are not called to religious life, clearly, because we're married, but for those of us who are not called to religious life, we are called to practice recollection in the middle of a noisy and a scattered life. Like we are actually called to create, I guess, those times and places like the sisters have for structured prayer in our own life and develop those rhythms. And you'll hear me bang on about this all year about these rhythms of renewal. One of these rhythms of renewal and part of this is encountering and carving out this interior desert space to be with the Lord. Because I promise you that it is in this place that you will encounter him. And then the second part is obviously this encounter, but then transformation. Like we encounter Christ and he wants to encounter us to transform us, to set us free and to heal us. We are not meant to live under the burden of the things that were said to us, the things that happened to us, the poor choices we have made. We are not supposed to live under the burden and the slavery of those things. Jesus has come that we would have life and we would have it in abundance. He has come to set us free. And so he encounters us so that we can be transformed in him. The place of encounter is a place of transformation and it's a place of great struggle. It's the place where Jesus deals with our compulsions, our false self, our identity, and it is actually where our true self is born. And it's uncomfortable and it's painful and sometimes we just don't want to go there. And so we will distract ourselves. But you know what? The spiritual masters encourage us to persevere through the distraction, to push through and to carve out that space so that we can be transformed by Christ. And I think the harder it gets, the closer you are to breakthrough. So I just want to encourage you that if you are struggling, I want you to push through. I want you to persevere because breakthrough is just around the corner. So we have this pattern that women in the Gospels and women all over the world, all human persons, encounter Christ. This encounter then transforms them. And then once they're transformed, they are sent. And I just want to say on this point of transformation that God wants nothing more than our wholeness. But the enemy wants to keep us contained. The enemy is hell-bent on making sure that we never have this encounter with Christ and that we never experience the breakthrough and the freedom that is possible in Christ because he knows that if we got a revelation of our identity, if we encounter Christ, And if we are truly transformed and healed and set free, then, oh my gosh, we will just unleash the most incredible beauty, truth and goodness on the world. And he does not want that to happen. I came across this quote a couple of years ago, which is just one of my favorites. And it really ties into this. It says, be the kind of woman that when your feet hit the floor in the morning, the devil says, oh crap she's awake. (laughs) And I love that. I think that that is a great place to live from. And I want to tell you, it says in scripture that we have an enemy, like we absolutely have a God and he have an enemy who at every point and turn in our life is seeking to derail us. Scripture says the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy. And I want to tell you today that you do have an enemy You have an enemy who is seeking to kill off your passions and your dreams before you even get started. 
the plan and the purpose of God. He's seeking to destroy and completely obliterate your sense of identity in Christ. Because if he can get you to believe the lies and the things that have been spoken to and about and over you throughout your life, then he keeps you contained and he keeps you contained in shame and in fear and in this sense of not feeling good enough. But like the woman in the story who reaches out to touch Jesus' garment, we too are called to just reach out with every little bit of faith Every little bit of faith that you have right now, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're walking through, I'm just going to pray that God gives you that gift of faith, that you would just reach out one more time to Christ, that you would reach out. And the devil will say, well, don't worry about praying that again. You've been asking and knocking on the door of God's heart for years and you haven't received your heart's desire. And I want to really encourage you today to take a stand against the enemy Tell the devil not today. Not today, devil. You're not having my identity. You're not having my purpose. You're not having my life, my vocation, my freedom. Tell him not today. The devil, you cannot have my identity in Christ today. You cannot. And we're transformed by him. And verse 9, which I really love because it says, He has saved us and he has called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. You see, when God saves us, he doesn't just encounter us and transform us for our own sake. He wants us. Yes, he definitely wants us to live in freedom. But there is a purpose in this because once you've encountered him and you've been transformed by him, He wants to send you to be his hands and feet, to reveal his image to the people that you rub shoulders with and that you do life with. He wants you to bring glory to him and to bring a little heaven to earth right here, right now. You see, we don't have to wait until we die to experience the touch of heaven. We can experience right now, while we're living on this earth, glimpses and touches from heaven. And we experience those often through people who have encountered and been transformed by the person of Jesus Christ. And I want to focus now, just as we're wrapping up this podcast, on this idea of, you see, God gives us the gift of life. He gives us the gift of our talents and our gifts and our strengths. And he gives us the gift of transforming us and the gift of the person of Jesus Christ. But he doesn't give us these gifts for us to keep them to ourselves. You see, when you're given a good gift, you can't help but want to share it with the people around you. You want to share the news. You want to share in the delight of the gift and from the giver. And so this is the same with our Christian life and our Christian walk. We are called to take Christ with us into our seasons of life. You see, God has given you a unique mission and purpose He's given you a unique calling and he needs you to step out. The people that you do life with, whether it's your husband, your children, the people you work with, the people you minister to, that of what your calling is, what your mission is and where you are being sent to serve. Many years ago, I developed a four-part resource and course on the feminine genius. And I studied at the John Paul II Institute, which was just beautiful. But I focused all of my study around this idea of the genius of womanhood. And it has been so rich. 
But one of the beautiful saints that I came across who has really impacted my life and really who formed, I guess, a foundation for John Paul II's understanding and exploration of the feminine genius would it was, was Edith Stein, Saint Benedicta of the Cross. Now, she has this gorgeous quote where she says, the world doesn't need what The world doesn't need what you have, it needs who you are. And she really developed this theology of what it means to speak of a vocation of womanhood. And she broke this idea of vocation down into three parts. Now, a vocation is more than just a job. The dictionary defines it as a job. It comes from the word vocare, which means to draw out or to call forth. And Edith Stein broke down these three levels of vocation that every single human person has. So she begins and she says, all of us, men and women, have what she calls a universal vocation, is the vocation to love as God loves. So we are all called, if you want to know the purpose of your life, the purpose of your life is to love as God loves. Love that quote from Saint Scholastica. Your life is not a long to-do list, but a journey of love. And Saint Faustina writes beautifully on this that at the end of our life, we're not going to be judged on what car we drove, or how many degrees we had, or what book we wrote, or which platforms we spoke on. Whatever it is that you do, you won't be judged on that. You will be judged solely on how well you have loved. And so our life is this journey of love, and that is our universal vocation. Universal vocation. So it really refers to our season of life. So we live this out through either marriage, religious life, or the single life. But then she goes to that third layer, and she refers to a secondary or an individual vocation, which means that God has placed within every single human person unique and unrepeatable gifts and a unique and unrepeatable mission. And so all of us are called to live our lives in terms of discovering what that mission is and what that calling is. Your secondary vocation will never supersede your primary or your universal vocation. So I remember a couple of months ago, we watched this movie, Enola Holmes, with our kids. And everyone said, it's a great movie. It looks at how women are empowered. And I was really interested. So we watched it. But at the end of it, I broke it down with my daughter and I just said, I actually don't like this movie. I'm all for women stepping out into all spheres of influence of the church and culture and politics, whatever it is, because we need the presence of women. But that call should never supersede your primary or your universal vocation. And what happened in Enola Holmes is there's this young girl, she's 15, and her mother, one day she wakes up and her mother's disappeared. But her mother's gone off to pursue what she feels is her call. And in doing so, she abdicates her primary vocation, which was motherhood. And I'm a mum, I have three young children, and I know what it can be like. Sometimes we can get lost in that vocation and think that we're not doing anything of worth. I speak to so many young mums and they feel like they've lost a sense of identity. They've lost, I guess, they don't even know what their gifts are anymore. And encourage you that if you're a mum at home with your young babies and forming those kids, I just want to say that there is a season for everything. And I want to encourage you to fully give yourself to the season that you're in. 
That doesn't mean that you can't pursue your secondary vocation and your individual vocation, but it might mean that you might not be able to step out and do as much as you would like to do. So that might mean using that season where you can train yourself and read and study so that when your kids go to school and you have more time and space to step out, you are able to. One of the great deceptions of the enemy, that they're not using their gifts and that they're wasting their life. And I think we do see this in the area particularly of motherhood, that that role of homemaker and motherhood And I think that the devil often puts before us these shiny objects to distract us. So much noise that calls us out and wants to pull us away from that primary vocation. Sometimes the enemy offers something good because he wants to steal something great. And so whatever you're choosing to do, wherever you feel God is sending you, We have to take a step back before we take that step out and really discern it. And discernment comes in terms of this hierarchy of vocation. It's always a good idea to seek out a spiritual director and to co-discern with your spouse or other key people in your life. So that is why it's ever more important today to carve out your interior desert so that you can encounter Christ, allow him to transform you, And then step out and be sent because we need you. We need your smile. We need your talents. We need your laughter. We need your presence. You know, that no one else can bring into this world what you can bring. And I think there are so many women who have lost a sense of their unique value and their unique contribution and that that actually matters. So I really want to encourage you today to encounter Christ, be transformed by him, and then discern where he is calling you to serve with your gifts and your talents. I just love all of the gospel stories where Jesus encounters women. And I want to encourage you in your quiet prayer time to go back and look at each of those stories. And then like my spiritual director invited me into, I'd like to invite you to place yourself in the position of the woman and hear Jesus speaking to you. Allow him to just penetrate into those deep, dark places of your heart and encounter you in a new way. Allow him to transform you and then allow him to send you. If you need help discerning what your unique gifts and skills are or what your vocation and calling is, If you need confidence and just some insights to help you take that step to be sent, then I want to let you know that we have a really exciting womanhood mastermind class starting at the end of March, where I'm going to strategize and walk with you over a period of a few months as we walk through these courses. This is all part of the transformation that I spoke about in this podcast, that yes, we encounter Christ, but sometimes We don't get the breakthrough we need because we're lacking in the skills and the tools to actually step out. And so through these courses, I'd love to just equip you with some skills and tools to help you in that transformation and then to come alongside you as you discover your unique gifts and your unique vocation and your unique calling and mission. 
So check out the Womanhood Mastermind class, www.geniusproject.co, and we can't wait for you to join us on the journey. Have a beautiful week. God bless you.